and welcome to Combat Thoughts. I'm Robbie. I'm Lee. And I'm Alex. We're going to take a deeper look at culture and philosophy behind martial arts. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of Combat Thoughts. This week we are looking at MMA retirement. Uh, MMA retirement is a bit of a meme unto itself of the number of people who say they're quitting and come back only one or two years later is so extreme that every time someone says they're retiring, it's um, always met with a bit of a pinch of salt by the MMA community. But why is it so hard for MMA fighters to retire? We look at a few of the different reasons why. So I hope you enjoy. So why can fighters not quit? That's the big question. Do either of you, are you too keen to start? Well, they don't quit, do they? That's, I think that's the, the thing. We should end the podcast now, really. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's see. I mean, part, I mean, one of the reasons you always hear like Rogan talking about is the fact that it's like a lifestyle change. Like, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think that's true to an extent, but I'm not sure that's the main reason. But we'll talk about that first anyway. It's the fact that it's like you go from fighting, which is like super fucking intense all the time, um, to, well, don't really know what, but unless you're joining the special forces or becoming a firefighter, um, yeah. there's not many other jobs that are going to be quite the same level of intensity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might be it. I mean, it's... I think it's it's also the fact um, it's also the fact that yeah I, I guess you see it you see it in special forces people as well when they leave the special forces it's like they they to- a lot of them just lose themselves I think that's I mean that's probably partly due to the fact that yeah the the level of intensity in life is so different when you're in in those environments that when you go into normal life, you kind of feel like you're just fucking useless and you're not doing anything. My thing about this, though, is that it doesn't really fit with uh, what we see. Like, the principle is fine. Like, the the argument made is perfect. You know, it's a whole intensity thing. You want to come back to that intensity. That's why it's hard to quit. That makes perfect sense to me. The reason I don't think it's actually the case is because if that were the case what would likely happen is fighters would quit they would stay training to keep their lives intense in some way or even if they just drop off for a little bit they might come back and restart training a few months later or whatever right because fighters consistently come like make comeback fights if that were the case Mm -hmm. um most of these people making these comeback fights would come back close to or the same as how they left right like if, if if the only reason is that you want the more intense lifestyle there's not a reason that you'd go away figure think that that was a problem and then come back um because how many fighters do that you, you do get the occasional one for sure um but most no i i i would agree with you actually um i think I think it's more to do with the fact that um, it's look. I think it's just chasing that the moment of euphoria that you get after a fight, and also the I think it's it's the actual fight itself. It's not even training. It's not the lifestyle of training as such. I think it's the 
the level of like i guess intensity in that respect during the fight and after the fight like the feeling that you get after a fight is so hard to get anywhere else i feel like that's what they're chasing i did so i I agree kind of but i think that chasing the the dream of oh i'm get my arm lifted i think that's why people stay in i think that's why people want that retirement fight everybody wants that cool retirement fight where you put your gloves in the octagon you walk off and it's great i think there's a lack of plan b next steps after people retire so you look at people who've successfully retired they, they've always got a plan b now if he's irritating but like brendan sharp has never had any inkling of coming back because he's so busy achieving things elsewhere what tends to happen is fighters make a bit of money achieve things in fighting but then have nothing external to achieve afterwards so they then go into the real world and go I've not achieved anything. I've not done anything. I've not invested my money in anything. Fuck, what do I do? Oh, look, yeah. Bellator want to do an OAP fight. I'll do that. <laughs> I think that's it. No I idea. think what you say, <laughs> OAP fight, that's, that's, that should be um, uh, an organization, OAP uh, fight championship. Anyway. Bellator. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Might as well be. Um, the. Yeah, I think the thing you say that you said that with the investment of money, I wonder if a, if a lot of these fighters find themselves that they they financially end up kind of struggling because they get to a point of high where they have all this money and a lot of them don't know what to do with it. I was recently yeah. watching like a, a GQ interview with uh, GSP. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that, and he was talking about how he spent his first million yeah yeah and it was clear that the guy knew how to spend money like it wasn't something that he just you know he was like right i got a million let's get a fucking lambo (laughs) he was like okay here's some money for my parents here's some money for my sister's degree here's some money for this here's some money for that so he clearly like had a bit of a plan and i think the ones that are successful someone like i know can probably will never come back because He's clearly managed to somehow invest his money well. Whether it's him, no, it's with management. So if you look at NFL, NBA, there's Mm. there's a statistic where you're broke within so many years. So there's been a big push on financial education. So they get good money managers. The agents will look after their money and things like that. Typically, an MMA agent is somebody who's either been in the business a long time or used to fight and is now like, oh, I can make money off other people. We're not as mature with the agents to be like, right, look at investing here. The one that always gets shouted out as like being the most savvy with money was Uriah Faber. Mm. Was he invested his money really well? He like owns half of Sacramento, apparently. Like he's <laughs> invested his money that well. Like, he doesn't need to come back. He just does what he wants now. He achieves on the outside. But if you've not got a good brain for money, which, to be fair, if you get punched in the face, you probably don't, and you don't have good management, then you, you are fucked because, you like you say, you go, yeah, it's Lambo. And then suddenly, five years later, you're fucked. Yeah, well, you hit the nail on the head there. It's not that you have to know how to invest your money, but you do need your money invested by someone in something that's going to help you moving forwards. And yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, um, 
a lot of people get into fighting because they haven't done well so well at school. They've got some problem with education. Like a lot of people do do that. I mean, how many um, how many fighters do you hear about? Like uh, this isn't super common, but you do hear about a fair number of fighters who are like, oh, it was selling drugs or fighting. Um, I yeah. think uh, and I think Anthony Joshua said that that were those were like his options at one point. Um, you know, that's not a gentleman who's uh, been to business school and uh, kind of knows what to do with his funds. Um, or you know, yeah. m- maybe he does. Maybe uh, maybe I should be picking on Anthony Joshua, but the, you know, the vast majority of fighters clearly not the most intelligent people um whether that was because of how they were before fighting or after fighting is a bit of a moot point the fact is they don't know what to do with it and gsp was an excellent example um and just to briefly touch back on the intensity side of things he's a man who has kept that intensity up because he still trains like crazy he still works out mm-hmm. like mad um but he doesn't you know he came back for that one fight uh against bisping for like a legacy point of view but he yeah. doesn't but he's not you know he didn't come back sooner than he wanted to he came back for a very specific fight at a very specific time and then yeah. he went, then he left and he went i'm out i'm done but he has kept up that intensity he, did, he didn't come back on a whim he didn't he, come he back on the win, yeah, because he had to gain the weight. Yeah, he like planned out. He had a good program of how he was going to get there. Yeah, exactly. And I'd say the other thing, um, again, just to touch on the intensity bit before we sort of put that in a box, is I kind of wonder if fighters need to be able to. I get the competition point of view, and I get that people might still want to compete, but they don't have to just do fighting. I feel like people need to be mm. able to get into other stuff like um i don't know strength sports right i reckon john jones will be able to not have that as the reason he keeps coming back because he's getting so much into the powerlifting side of things and lifting these stupid weights uh, but he's also appears to have um no rumble got into massively into bodybuilding and yeah. now he's coming back to bellator oh, okay. he was fucking huge <laughs> at one point but yeah the investment thing's point of view but so the other trouble with that is that only works if you've made big bucks in the first place yeah most yep. fighters do not like you've either got to be in the game for a long time preferably as a heavyweight or be a champion or be like I don't know um, who's who's Jorge. on my, or, yeah, or Jorge, Nate Cowboy, Diaz. Nate Diaz, like someone who's a, like these freak people who are neither um, who aren't champions but are massive draws. Um, you've got to be those people. You've got to have the money in the first place to then invest it so that you can have it later on. I think the the other thing, if I can just add there with the money side, is I think a lot of them get fucked with taxes. Um, many fighters, I think, don't really understand taxes. So when they do get a big paycheck, they end up getting fucked because they spend it all, and then they realize, oh fuck, I should have paid the taxes. This is Mike Perry, isn't it? Who like admitted he'd not paid tax for like X amount of years. I like, but again, that that's all that's comes not- under money management. It's mm. Having a that good manager not- or having a good financial advisor to help you with that is not an excuse to be like, I got money and don't understand tax. Like, you need the right people around you. 
that is not getting fucked by taxes. If I just don't pay my taxes and then have to pay them all at one go, that's not be me getting fucked by taxes. That's me getting fucked by me. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I don't mean it in the sense of you know it's unfair on the fighters. They get fucked. No, I just meant that they don't. They they didn't think about it, and then they every person has to pay their tax. And um, I'm sorry, Mister IRS, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I'll get you next year. <laughs> yeah, like right. It's stupid. I mean, the money side of things is probably one to touch on as well, uh, and the fact that fighters don't get paid enough because um at least if fighters lower down the roster got paid more then they would be able to save more and they would be able to put it aside but uh, those ones i i do think it's actually more likely that champions retire at a smart time and don't come back i think would that be fair have we seen I mean, that though um i mean gsp is one we've already spoken about um who else has yeah. retired on top I can think yeah. of more that haven't. It, I think that's the thing. There's more that spring to mind that haven't than, than have. Who, who else hasn't? Like Matt Hughes, no? He he kind of continued fighting after times. But, yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Anderson Silva, definitely. Yeah, but Anderson Silva talks about it like he just loves fighting and doesn't mind that he's still losing. Mm. That's a bit different because uh, I, I think most of the discussion here should be around those fighters who say they've quit. Anderson never said he'd quit. Anderson just took an ages yeah. out for injury and then was like, I want to carry on fighting. Uh, and well, he's actually, even it- he even said recently that this is my last fight in the UFC. He well, I believe he was quite <laughs> clear. That now, he- isn't it? It doesn't matter what he's doing. The fact is, he's not one of these guys who said they're going to retire and then can't. And then they retire. <laughs> yeah. Chuck was the big one for me. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. And he's and still like, coming back for more stuff now, isn't he? Exactly. Like, he's massively in the OAP fight league. Like, he loves it. But he's one of those people, right, who just lives for fighting. Like, he's just a fucking nut. And I think what if we go outside of um, of of MMA, one person that also really comes to mind for me is John Way Parr. Um, he he was meant to retire like, like a year or two ago. He he said he, he's officially retiring, and he was talking. I remember a video on Lawrence Lawrence Kenshin's channel about John and talking about how difficult it is for him the retirement, how difficult it is for him. Like he's suddenly a part of his life has just ended and he doesn't have a way to fill it, even though, you know, he has kids, he has a big family. Um, he's still, you know, unhappy about the fact that he doesn't have fighting. So he's just been, he's just going to do a fight with Nicky Holtzkin, uh in one. So he, he's he already done that, hasn't he? Has that already happened? I thought he got uh, knocked out. Oh, uh, maybe. Sorry, I I know that there was meant to be a fight. I d- I can't remember when it was. I think it was like last week. I mean, by yeah, the time this comes be. out, it'll be like five months ago. But, uh, <laughs> True. But, yeah. uh, at the time of recording, I think it was like last week, and he got knocked out of a head kick. Yeah, I mean, and and he's he's also been kind of the fighter. Well, I think f- those he's one of those people where I think for him it's not the money necessarily, um, or maybe it is. I mean, you don't know that, right? They might be saying that it's 
I don't think fighters necessarily could be the the most honest people. Although Jane John does seem like an honest person, it seems like for him it's just yeah he chasing the dragon. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's a good differentiation and like a good point to change where we're talking because what we spoke about so far is people coming back. It's like what's bringing them back, and it could be like the money stuff. It could be they've got an easy fight, they make easy make money. There's the other side to retirement where it's the clingers on. And like Diego Sanchez has been kind of carrying on for probably longer than most people would think you should. Mm-hmm. Do the motives change as opposed to coming back versus just carrying on indefinitely to be like, I know I should retire. Or I know I've massively dropped off a cliff, but I, I need one more. I need one more. I, I think... Not, I actually don't think they do change because, all right, so we've kind of established two key differentiators. It's either um, that they can't retire for financial reasons, but in that case, it's you retire, you try and get other jobs and other income, you realize you can't, you come back a few months or a few years later, or you already know that you've got no other options and so carry on staying in um trying to get more trying to get a bigger payday um i think that's a more common one for people coming back um Mm -hmm. rather than not leaving um but it does apply to both whereas the one you're talking about is kind of like um, either like filling a void it's the one where you need to fight you don't just need the payday you need the fight in the Mm -hmm. um you you know you you either want that last win for just some sort of personal reason uh like uh, yeah thinking well maybe diego sanchez maybe like uh the reason that dan hardy's considering coming back he just wants that one last one or the reason that chuck liddell keeps coming back is that he still thinks he's got it for some reason um (laughs) but but yes i think that's a more common one for people not leaving but there are obviously those two examples of them um yeah. You know, of those comebacks, that's a more common one for people not leaving, like um, Carlos mm-hmm. Condit, for example. He really well, needs to actually, stop. Or, 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 um, or, or Weidman. Weidman was recently talking about having a title run, and then... Yeah, well, that that's definitely stopped him in his tracks. But but I think it's also... That's a, a good point, um, perhaps, to make is also the fact that, you know, fighters are generally... They they have generally have big egos, whether and whether those egos play a big part in in this. Where, for example, someone like Chuck Liddell, he, he still thinks he has it. He still thinks he can uh, play around with the with the younger kids. Um, although he doesn't really fight the younger kids, does he? Uh, <laughs> uh, but but you know, it's 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 a sport where ego is a big player, and I think perhaps it plays a role in this conversation. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think there's a big point around how many champions they are. So if you look at boxing, there's more champions, there's more belts. So, okay, if you're not world title level and you still need that, like your scratch kind of, I got a belt, I achieved this. Like you can point to something and say, I achieved it. You can go and do a Commonwealth belt or a European belt or a British title, and then you can do it in different bodies. You can get that achievement to say, I did this. Here's the picture on the wall with the belt, and I got it. When you look at things like MMA, you've got UFC, 
and there's only a set amount of people who are going to be champions and everybody tells you you're brilliant and you're coming up through the ranks and you're amazing you're awesome you fuck people up on like the local circuit and then you get there and you're a midway fighter and at the end of your career you may have had 10 15 20 fights and you've actually got nothing to show for it in terms of achievement because for them they've been wanting to be a champion all their life and have not achieved it then when you're at the end of your career you have bellator you have one you have pfl you have other divisions that are saying why don't you come over to us and win our belt and it kind of scratches that itch you've got the belt you can call yourself Mm. a world champion and that kind of extends people's career because they're chasing that achievement because at the end of the day they want to be sat there with their grandkids and say you see that belt i won that i was a world champion rather than you see that internet website, grandson. I was ranked number seven in the UFC welterweight division once. And that achievement is needed. To be a competitive athlete, you have to have that sense of, I am going to be the best. And you've got a lot of people who think that, and not a lot of them who can be. Yeah, like simply through scarcity of belts. And yep. also the fact that, I mean, we've... This is what this is one of our suggested topics for a podcast. So I reckon we'll get onto this one soon. It's going to be like the cost of being great or what you need to be great, and that mm-hmm. unwavering uh, attitude that you will be a world champion and that you do. If you're not the best already, you've uh, you've got the potential to be the best. Yeah. Is something you need in order to get to the high divisions of, uh, well of fighting of of the ufc of boxing of well even like elite one or bellator right in order to get there you need the attitude of i'm going to be the champion so i guess the fact that 10 years down the line you've got to then go i'm not going to be the champion and come that's probably a very hard thing for fighters to come to terms with and especially when the sport is built around kind of bro science (laughs) <laughs> if you're not going to be the champion you need to leave it's the best and the best and you've got to be solely committed to the instead of being like you can have a good career as a mid-level fighter nobody wants to say that yeah yeah no it's true um and but uh, what gets me is this attitude that um unless you intend to be the champion you still can't even have a good career as a mid-level fighter it's not just people don't say it people say the opposite people say that unless you're intending to be the champ you shouldn't even be fighting because it's such a dangerous sport which i hate that attitude um and that's another potential podcast topic uh maybe we're going to cover everything off here but i just (laughs) i think it's um I think it's a really unhealthy attitude to have within fighting because firstly, it drags people's careers out far longer than it should do. And secondly, it doesn't leave much room for people to see the benefits of what they're doing unless they get that title, that, that, unless they get that title at the end of it, there are loads of benefits. There's loads of lessons you can learn from it. And then there's, I mean, you can build, you can, you can still build a massive platform. You can still, you know, become a successful, like Stephen Thompson, man. Yeah. Cerrone or, or Stephen Thompson. He's got a fucking really successful YouTube channel now. He's, you know, he's had a a couple of title runs, but it's, um, I I mean, it's, yeah, I don't see, I don't see why, why it's, it's like saying, 
an NFL player. It's like, if you don't want to win the NFL, you should not be an NFL player. It's like, why not? It's a little different with sports like that, where it's a it team is, sport. It is a group, yeah, it's a, it's a team sport, I guess. It's, I, I don't know. But it's like it, a, a golfer or someone. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite the golf. same danger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, I, I do see your point. But, but you, you're right, you, are, you have hit the nail on the head. Like Lots of these other sports have very similar benefits in terms of competition uh, and, and just the way it will develop you as a person outside of glory of being the champion that's not the only benefit by a long shot um yeah i mean it's it's just got to be the sort of attitude change that fighters have um towards the end of their career in order for them to allow their career to actually end so we've got let's see so we've got the got no money bit we've got the chasing the dragon bit and the fact that it's got to be an attitude <laughs> change those are the two main points so far i'd say there's one more around the who decides when to stop what do you mean so if i'm a fighter and i'm middle of the roster and you're starting to see a bit of a drop off well my ego is in my head is like i can still do it, i can still do it, i can still do it if you don't have the right advisors around you to be like, look, look maybe we should look at doing something mm. else. Maybe we should do it. If you put it on the fighter who, as we've said, is brought up with the bro science of if you're not planning on being the best, you need to get out. Well, all I want to do is be the best. And I think I can still get there. If the decision's solely on me, if you don't have good people around you, family, friends, advisors, you're probably staying a bit longer than you should. Yeah, and you know who those advisors are going to be. They're going to be a bunch of other guys in the gym yeah. who are yeah. younger and have probably got that attitude of if you're not trying to be the champion, you shouldn't even be doing it. Or right. it's your agent who has a vested interest in you fighting more because he gets 20% of your purse. Yeah. That's, that's another thing, right? That's yeah. another thing. I expect that's a pretty common problem with fighters. They've got no one to sit them down and go, maybe it's time to call it a day. Yeah, you need, you need your mum, right? You need your mum to sit down with you and be like, look, you're getting your head bashed in. Chris Weidman's mum probably needs to have a chat with him and be like, do you reckon we should give it a stop now? <laughs> I'll tell you the trouble there is that your mum's going to tell you not to get into the sport in the first place. Well, yeah. 90, 90% of people's mums are going to say that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So you've been hearing that for years anyway, as nothing's changed. Um, but I do take your point that fighters probably don't have good advisors around them to let them know when to stop or people who maybe haven't got not their best in, not that they haven't got their best interests at heart because some guy who's supporting you in your quest for UFC gold in a way has your best interests at heart he wants you to achieve your dreams but yep. it's not quite what you need at the time and it's probably a pretty common thing well, the other because- side of it as well is the people the people that do tell you to stop currently is like the media so instead of it being a very private chat where you're like, mm. maybe you should knock it on the head, you're not at the level you used to be, there's been a drop-off. Actually, what happens is there's 10, 15 articles written by the media that go, Robbie's dropped off a cliff, Robbie can't do it anymore. Robbie's ego mm. then goes, fuck you guys, I'm going to prove you wrong. And you actually perpetuate the problem because you're giving somebody with an ego 
ammunition to carry on as well because they want to prove you wrong because yeah. they've probably made the career of proving people wrong. Don't fight this guy. He's a big striker. I'll, I'll finish him. Yeah, I'll take that fight. Now you're saying, oh, you need to retire. Well, fuck you. I'll win. I'll show you you're wrong. I'll do a big fuck you at the end of the fight. And actually, you're just perpetuating the problem as time goes on. It's not happening. Those conversations are not happening in private where they should be, where it's an honest discussion that with a very few trusted people. That's a good shout. That's not something I've considered, but yeah, that's pretty on point. I'll tell you one other trouble fighters have got. Um, it's all well and good if you're DC or one of these other guys who has developed their um, career into, um, you know, they've, they've used their platform and they developed their career into commentating or doing fight breakdowns. Like Dan Hardy is a perfect example who's utilized the skills he's got in his career of fighting post-fighting, right? Mm-hmm. There ain't many guys who can do that. There are not a whole lot of skills that you develop from fighting that you can use in any other career. And I think that's why it's only the people who have really lined themselves up a long way in advance um, that are able to transition out. Like GSP clearly has his money invested in all these spots. Uh, he, he started the like the martial arts acting side of things. Like He's in this bloody uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, the Disney thing. And yeah. he's... probably getting paid a lot for that. Um, And he set that up beforehand, and that's all well and good. But it'd be pretty nice if fighters didn't have to think about it five years before they quit to line themselves up. Because even then, once you go, oh, I want to quit, you've still got to hang around for five years fighting people to make, make ends meet while you're lining up your next venture. The issue is that fighters, like, fighting doesn't have a whole lot of transferable skills and it's why you know you learn a lot of lessons from it but it's kind of like being in the army like you learn discipline you learn to push through things you develop a lot of personal attributes but then what do you do with them there's no job yeah i think it's and and you see that actually you know now you say it line lining things up and and having the parallels of uh, let's say people in the army or, or special forces people, they also the the ones that successfully transitions are the ones who have planned their exit. When when they exit suddenly, it's it's a big shock to them, and then they don't know what to do. Um, so I guess they just. I guess with the army is different. It's not like you can go back to the army. A lot of them just have to leave, especially if they have some like PTSD or something. But in the, in the UFC, they, they go back and... They... The army one's a difficult one to compare to completely, only because there's not that celebrity point to it. Yeah, so that's if true. So if you look at the UFC yeah. fighters, they develop a brand. I can guarantee one per sweeping statement, and you can hold me to it if I'm wrong. I guarantee there's one fighter who won't stick around too long right now. It's Sean O'Malley. Yeah, but he's already setting himself up, though. He's got his podcast. That's what I mean. He's got he's he's got his brand, right? He's doing yeah. his podcast. He's doing his Twitch. He's selling his T-shirts. I guarantee when it gets to the point, maybe he becomes a champion, right? Or if he doesn't, I don't think he's going to be one of the ones that stay too long because yes. he's leveraging his brand in a way that he can 
he's not he's never going to be i don't know an investment banker he's not educated to that level but he knows how to do a twitch stream he knows how to do a podcast he's leveraging the things that he's got to kind of he'll probably end up making more money off that than he does through fighting yeah i mean there's people like him or people like um page van zandt who have used their platform to use their ufc platform to accentuate other sources of revenue um but but actually i think the comparison to the army is maybe closer than you might suggest because how many of those celebrity fighters are there it's not a lot most of the most people on the roster you've never heard of and most people on the roster have not set up a brand outside of it even people like um tony ferguson who's got a real character and a real brand to him i don't think he's got a brand that transfers very well outside of fighting like sean o'malley's all well and good because he can he's got the twitch streaming and everything and you know those um you know page van zandt who's got the like the whole modeling and dancing side of things um but tony ferguson like what's what's he going to be promoting afterwards with his celebrity status Shades and blades. Yeah, right. I mean, like, there's a market for him, though, and people buy into that. People go to his seminars, or people buy his t-shirts. Like, like all I'm saying is that there's ways you can leverage it, right? He's he's a nut job in essence. Like he's he's mad, right? Well, but no, he is actually mad, kind of insane. Mad sells. Like people like mad. He's crazy. Like stick him on a reality TV show. Like he'd be great. I'd watch that. Like it's just being able to find your lane and it's not all the same lane some people are more suited to acting and talk shows and a particular tony ferguson needs to i don't know sell combat knives i mean i know I, I see a point he can probably probably find a way to leverage it if he um gets the right advice um but you've got but- dave smith coming out of the military who nobody knows who dave smith is he has no market to leverage anything he's he's not got that the celebrity factor is the big differentiator yeah, no, no, I, I take your point. Um, even the potential of the celebrity factor is a massive differentiator. But it does kind of tie in also to this, um, if you're not going to be the champion, you shouldn't be competing attitude. I think that's a reason a lot of fighters don't line themselves up for an exit. Yeah. Because they are of the opinion that this is going to be it. Why would they need an exit strategy if they're going to be the champion and they're going to make absolute bank? Yeah, It's kind of part of it that they don't follow through and create a second plan because they have to have so much faith in the first plan in order for it to work yeah they have to be all in otherwise it's not worth it right otherwise they're not going to get anywhere they need to be all in you're told from an early age it's plan a or nothing yeah like wasn't that one of the um wasn't that one of the things that everyone's what everyone said after ronda rousey lost um, no, you know, no one was saying it before, but afterwards, everyone was like, "Oh, yeah." When she was getting into all the film and all this and that, like, uh, we we didn't think she was so committed to it, and I was worried about. Like, no one said that before she lost, but it was a good point afterwards. In that, it's kind of people's attitude that when you are lining yourself up for an exit, you're not committed anymore. Like Tyron yeah. Woodley as well. Um, again, also, no one has Woodley said this before he started. Right, like the success of this is um, a moot point. It doesn't matter. But the fact is he was trying to line himself up for a rap career. Um, And when he lost, like a lot of people did say, 
we weren't sure how well he was going to do because, uh, you know, he clearly wasn't fully committed to the fight game anymore. Well, I, th- I think it's it's also, you know, I mean, there, there is plenty of time in, in a fighter's life, in my opinion, to pursue other things. Um, so unless they're, you know, I doubt someone like Woodley uh, stopped going to training or didn't train as much just because he wanted to do a bit of rapping. I mean, you'd hope he wouldn't. <laughs> Oh, no, no, I, I agree. I agree. I don't think it takes up too much time at all. So I, like, I think those, yeah, people make those points, but I, yeah, I think they're, they're not particularly uh, useful or, or accurate in my opinion. It goes no, back uh, to the MMA thing of it's, you've got, if you're not fully committed, then you're out. Because if you've got a plan B or you're looking at something else, if it goes wrong, it's not, oh, this guy's a better fighter or athletically he's a better fighter or whatever. It's you did this and it's a stick to beat you with. And again, it then just makes the vicious circle continue where it's all MMA or all fighting or nothing. Then they're always encouraged not to have a plan B or an exit strategy because God forbid you lose, here's a nice big stick to beat you over the head with. Yeah, because this this is it, like, I don't think it does take up too much time. I think it's a smart thing to do. I also think it's a smart thing to do to just have an escape from fighting because as much as people might love the sport, you, you always need, you know, it's always going to get stressful and you always need a second avenue. Um, I don't think that, I think that very few fighters are going to be so busy that they can't set themselves up for a second career Man. in something else. But I think that fighters get encouraged not to. I think you're right about that one. Absolutely, yeah, I totally agree with Lee's point um, about this. And I just had another fighter come to mind, Demetrius Johnson, man. He from the get go, man. He his Twitch streaming. He also, I watched the. Uh, did you watch the Anatomy of a Fighter uh, episode from him from one? No, um, I didn't see that. Yeah, he did. A, he did uh, the Anatomy of a Fighter did a collab with One Championship for um, for his upcoming fight, the one that he just lost, mm-hmm. um, and he was he was like putting his money in stocks and things, and this was at the time when he was a UFC champion, considered to be the best of all time. So you know, it's yeah. It's well, I think a, he's definitely a smart fighter, and he's yeah, definitely a guy he who's lined himself up afterwards. Yeah. Nice. Have we got um, any more to say on it? Or if we kind of uh, wrap this one up, shall I do a little summary? I reckon we've summarized. I reckon we've touched a lot of points. We've touched a lot of points. All right. So we've got on one hand is the... um, It's the finances. It's either the fact that fighters get paid like shit unless they're at the top. Uh, The fact that fighters tend to not know how to invest their money and tend to invest it poorly... And also the fact that they haven't got a source of revenue afterwards a lot of the time. And you either need to set yourself up years in advance. Otherwise, you're kind of stuck because you can't just drop out and start making money elsewhere. So you got that point. And then you've got the chasing that one last win, which is such a common attitude for people to have. You've got the attitude that unless you are doing it to be the champion you shouldn't be doing it in the first place so then unless you achieve the belt you've got to keep coming back and you've got the fact that that ties into the 
side of things where that encourages people not to set up a second source of revenue. And the fact that when you do set up a second source of income and do put your time into something else, people criticize you for it. If we've got any other bits. Mm-hmm. Fighters nice. don't retire good. Fighters don't <laughs> retire good. Why why retire hard? That is that is it. Nice one. <laughs> nice. We hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, please consider subscribing to the podcast and checking us out on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram under the name Combat Thoughts. We'll see you next time.